At this point, I'd like to transition us to our reading of God's Word and the teaching of God's Word. We are starting our new series in Jonah, and our preachers have been studying diligently and faithfully, and we are excited to be able to share with you today's message. As we listen to God's message of unconditional love and unconditional faithfulness, I encourage you to lean in and to come with open hearts and open minds. To help us with the reading of God's Word, we have Jay. Our reading today is from the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verses 1 to 6. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went on board to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. Then the mariners were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gotten down into the inner part of the ship and had lain there and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise, call out to your God. Perhaps the God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. This is the word of the Lord. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at a book in the Bible called the book of Jonah. And for a lot of people, when they hear the book of Jonah, they automatically think of a very disgruntled prophet who got swallowed by a gigantic fish and lived to tell the tale. Now, that's kind of what Jonah is about, but there's a lot more to Jonah than just that. The story of Jonah is really a story of sin and grace. Sin and grace. It's, uh, it's the story of how we run from God and how God runs after us. A story of sin and grace. Now, that may not be obvious to you on first reading. It's not supposed to be. The author, whoever the author is, is sneaky and Whoever they are, they have written this book in such a way that you're supposed to look at Jonah. And then at some point as you're, you're looking at him, a reflection, your reflection emerges. And so the book of Jonah, in many ways, is a mirror. No matter who you are, no matter where you are in your journey of faith, whether you're a follower of Christ or curious about Christianity, the fact of the matter is that to some extent... We all run from God. We all run from God. We all have a Jonah-like heart. And the first step to recovery, the first step, is to acknowledge that. And so let's take that step this morning. The opening scene in our story takes place in Israel, in, in northern Israel. Politically, economically, things couldn't be going better for Israel. Spiritually, however, it's a mess. Um, spiritually, the entire country has run from God. And as Jonah is going about his daily business, doing whatever prophets do, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah. And it is a shocking message for Jonah. Because God doesn't tell Jonah to go to his people 
and, and preach a message of repentance to his people, he tells Jonah to go down the road six, seven hundred miles to Nineveh, the capital of Assyria, and preach a message of repentance. And this is the word that came to Jonah. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for its evil has come up before me. Jonah hears that message, and he begins to run. But he doesn't run in the direction of Assyria or Nineveh. He runs in the opposite direction. He runs west. He runs down to Joppa. Why Joppa? Because Joppa was a major port city in that day. If you wanted to catch a a boat anywhere, you would go to Joppa and get the boat. And Jonah wants to catch a boat. But he wants to catch a boat that will take him all the way to Tarshish, which is thousands of miles away from Nineveh. It's, it's what is today Spain. And it would have been in Jonah's day, the end of the world. Jonah wants to get away. Jonah is running from the presence of the Lord. Why? Well, it doesn't say in our opening verses It doesn't tell us in the first scene. We have to wait. We have to wait. All we see in the opening verses is Jonah's actions, hightailing it down to Joppa. But the reason why Jonah ran, the reason why he ran from the presence of the Lord, we have to wait until chapter 4, verse 2. Now, I really think we have to, at the very least, take a peek at chapter 4, verse 2, because unless we understand why he ran, we're going to have a hard time understanding the book of Jonah. So let's go there right now. In chapter 4, verse 2, Jonah gives the reason, and here's the reason why he ran away from God and ran to Joppa on his way to Tarshish. O Lord, he says, is this not what I said when I was still in my country? That's Israel. That is why I made haste to flee to Tarshish, for I knew that you are a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in love and relenting from disaster. For one brief moment, Jonah opens up his heart, and what you see in Jonah's heart is not pretty. It's not pretty. I knew it. I knew that if I went and preached the gospel, that, that, that people would turn to you, that they would repent of their sins. I knew that you were going to be gracious. I knew it. And that's why I didn't want to go. The thought of going made me nauseous. And you got to ask the question, <laughs> what's up with Jonah? What's his problem? Why is he so angry? Why is he so angry that God called him to preach to the Ninevites? Well, the Ninevites weren't exactly good people. They were actually kind of bad. Um, I mean, they were so bad that God says that their evil has risen up against me. It's, it's risen up into my face. Now, when God says that someone's evil has risen up into his face, you know that they have to be pretty bad. For Jonah, for Jonah, God's grace isn't for bad people. It's for people like him. 
It's for people like Israel. It's for people who are, well, better than other people. What's Jonah's problem? What's going on here? Here, at the heart of it, at the heart of it, he does not think he's that bad. I mean, compared to the Ninevites, compared to them, he's actually a pretty good guy. He thinks, I do believe, that God owes him something. He thinks that he deserves God's love and favor just because of his lineage, just because he's an Israelite. Jonah, you got to see this, doesn't really fully grasp God's grace. He, he doesn't understand that, that everybody needs God's grace and that nobody is righteous. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 2 says, Surely there is no one righteous on earth who does not sin and who always does what is right. This is why we all need grace. Only God can forgive us. Only God can forgive us of the sins that we have committed against him. And only God can make any of us righteous in his sight. And that's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross and to live for us so that by faith we might be made righteous before a holy God. That's why Jesus came. And until, until we understand that, until that message of grace gets deep into our hearts, we will always try to patch together a kind of righteousness, a, a, a self-manufactured righteousness, a, a self-righteousness. And in that self-righteousness, we will always look down on other people to feel better about ourselves. We will always use people. We will always do that. Here's what I want to say to you. We will, as a human race, never, overcome racism until the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ gets a hold of our hearts. Uh, we, we can't do anything by ourselves to make ourselves righteous. Only God can do that. And when he does that, a person no longer feels the need to look down on other people to find a kind of righteousness for themselves. Not long ago, I watched the documentary 13th. Maybe you have too. If you haven't, I recommend it. If you haven't seen the, the interview that Ava DuVenray has with, with Oprah, I also really highly suggest that. Because in that she talks about the injustice in the prison system for black people. A new kind of slavery, she calls it. And, and towards the end of the interview... Oprah says to her, what do we have to do to reform the system? And Ava says, we don't need to reform it. We need to reconstruct it. We need to reconstruct the entire system. And here's the thing. I, I, we, we do need to, to reconstruct the system, but we also need our hearts to be reconstructed by grace and, and to see the love that God has for us in Christ Jesus, making us holy and righteous before him. This is the only way that we will ever overcome any kind 
of racism. And especially, not especially, but the kind of racism that we see in Jonah. Because the form of racism that you see in Jonah is not the kind where he is kneeling on people's necks until they can't breathe and they die. He's not casting racial slurs. His kind of racism is different. What Jonah does is he just walks, no, he runs away from the Ninevites. They, they're not worthy of his time. That They're not worthy to be preached to, to receive a message of grace and love. And so he distances himself from them. And it, it's got to get you wondering, as it gets me wondering as well, why, why might we keep our distance from certain people? Why might we do that? Why might we keep our distance with people who are, are, are not exactly the same as us, who are a little bit different? And, and, and why don't we engage with people just as they are, as image bearers made by God just like himself? That, that's something worth exploring, isn't it? That's something worth exploring. And, and what could it look like to remind ourselves that God has moved towards us, even though we were very different from him, and, and to let that message so grab, so fill our hearts that it propels us, not away, but towards people that are not exactly like us. The Assyrians weren't just bad people, though, as far as Jonah was concerned. That's not the only thing going on here. They, they were bad. But the Syrians had also been bad to Israel, had been bad to Jonah. They were a growing world power, and they had, at this time, imposed tribute upon Israel. They were collecting money from them. They were enemies. And nobody in Israel liked them. Jonah didn't like them. They were enemies. They had mistreated Israel. They had injured. They had harmed God's people. And now the fact that God would send Jonah with a message of grace to people like that, people who had hurt him, injured him, done him wrong, that, that just didn't make any sense. You might say, well, listen, you got to give the guy a break. I mean, they didn't treat Israel very well. Well, let's talk about that, shall we? Let's talk about people who have hurt you. Let's talk about people who have wronged you and have done you wrong, who have treated you with less than the dignity, let's say, that you actually deserve. How do you tend to interact with those kinds of people? Do you move towards them in love? Or, or do you tend to move away from them in fear or in anger? I know what I tend to do. <laughs> if somebody crosses me, I mean if they really cross me, my instinct is just to cut them off. It's to cut them off and to say to them, you and I, we're done. <laughs> we are so done here. And, and, and I know why I do that. I know why I do that. 
I do that because I want to communicate. I want to prove to them that in spite of the way that they have treated me, I actually do have value and worth. And I'll prove that to you by summarily dismissing you from my existence. Now, I know that's wrong. And I know that that reveals that there is a a work of grace that still needs to go on in this man's heart. I grant that. And I am growing in grace. But that's my instinct. It's it's to move away when, when I've been hurt. What about you? What about you? What about the people in your life who have harmed you, who have hurt you? Like me, do you find yourself wanting to just dismiss them and, and run away from relationships? What, what could it look like for the gospel of grace to get a hold of your heart and my heart in this way? A gospel where, where God came to us in his son, his very son, Jesus Christ, and came to us not when we were friends, but came to us when we were enemies. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says that while we were still enemies, Christ died for us. Christ died for his enemies. He died for people who dishonored him, who mistreated him. But in love, he moved towards them in grace to save them. What could it look like for that kind of grace to sort of shape and fill your heart And then propel you, not away, but towards people, even people who have hurt you. This week, could it be that God, just like Jonah, is calling you to take a step towards Nineveh? To a place where you don't really want to go. A place that hasn't been fun for you, that's actually been pretty painful. You know, God is an amazing God, and he has a way of of just kneading his grace into our hearts. For Jonah, it started one day when God called him to go and preach to the Ninevites. Up to that point, I think Jonah thought he, he understood grace. But then the test came, arise and go. And now suddenly, it's pretty clear that Jonah is only just beginning or barely understanding grace at all. And could it be that this week, God's word is coming to you and it's telling you, arise and go, and go. Go to people embodying and even perhaps discussing the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ that has reached your life and touched your life and changed you and is changing you because God wants to do that good work in you and he wants to do it through you. Amen.